Hey guys. Hello. It's Lynn and Megan from Society Nine. Um, we're doing our first official podcast, which is pretty exciting. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know anything about us, um, we are happy to tell you a lot more. Uh, first, I want to explain why we even ventured into doing a podcast. So we were lucky enough to get interviewed on Honor and Conquer's podcast, and uh, we didn't expect the amount of downloads that we got. We got over 10,000 downloads within about a week, week and a half. And we decided, wow, like maybe, maybe this is worth investing some time in. And we're really passionate about um, the women of our community. We're passionate about women in combat sports, but also women in athletics in general. And so we decided, hey, why not? We're already talking about it 24-7 through our products, our brand, social media, internally. So we want to spread the good word. And here we are. So tell us about Society Nine. <laughs> so uh, you know, it's fitting that since it's our first podcast, it's really important that you guys know who we are. So uh, my name's Lynn Lee, and I'm the founder and CEO of Society Nine. And I am Megan Sacconi Fraser, and I am the director of marketing and sales for Society Nine. Oh yeah, that was a great the, intro. The dream team. <laughs> the dream team. That's right. Um, uh, I should dive into our company background a little bit, just so you guys uh, have a little history. So um, I started Society 9 because I noticed that the women that I was teaching and training with at my local gym, we were constantly talking about and asking each other, you know, where do you find good fitting gloves? Where do you find women's stuff? Where do you find women's stuff that's not pink? Where do you find stuff that's not kid size or men's size and actually looks feminine and fun. There's, there was just a lot of uh, common frustrations that the women that I trained with shared. And I was super passionate, or I am super passionate about combat sports in general. And I was like, you know what? They're right. Why isn't there? And I was crazy enough to put together a team and start developing a boxing and MMA glove line exclusively for women. And fast forward about a year and a half of development and we launched on Kickstarter in February of this year, 2015, which is crazily almost ending. And uh, we raised nearly $60,000 in our campaign raised successfully, which is awesome. And uh, we- I think Dion and I, you know, we backed a little bit of that too. Yes, yes. <laughs> Dion, uh, Megan's husband and Megan were some of our earliest backers and here she is now sitting here uh, <laughs> having moved across the country to be with us, which is awesome. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we, we raised and then now we're focused, we've been focused on production and really exciting times given it's the holiday season. We are just about ready to fulfill in the next week or so. Um, so we're super excited because our Kickstarter backers have been insanely patient Um going through the trials and tribulations with us and here we are today facing holiday so and a microphone <laughs> and a microphone yeah in our faces um so yeah so what's next for us so as i said before we're really focused on fulfilling our kickstarter backers um in the next couple of weeks um and holiday and new year's resolution season or as megan and i like to call it the anti new year's resolution season um and uh we're really excited because we're finally reaching that point now where our products will be in the hands of many many people and we can't wait to get feedback from everyone as well as you know seeing some of our diehard supporters you know spreading our name our product quality and getting other people to join in on our little society so well it's not gonna be little anymore but um that's the exciting part 
It's growing every day. That's right. So which, yeah. Which, by the way, everybody, if you haven't already, please go to Facebook and like Society Nine. Um, we're always going to be letting you guys know first about promotions we're doing. Um, if we, if and when we get new products, that'll be up on Facebook. Um, you get a little bit of a taste of what we're all about, and uh, obviously, we really want to build community and. Facebook is a big way to do that. It's a good way to start conversations with everyone. So, yeah, and we um, we're trying to engage constantly with our community. And one exciting uh, piece that we're doing is this thing called Respect the Journey. Mm -hmm. I'll let Megan talk a little bit more about that because that was her brainchild. Um, so last week we launched a hashtag uh, hashtag Respect the Journey, and basically it came from the idea that there is a lot of stuff like you know fit inspiration and fitness inspiration and fitspo and this and that and um you know all these goals and everything and everyone's always thinking about the end goal and I guess uh Lynn and I are constantly talking about how much we enjoy training and how much we enjoy the evolution that's taking place and um I guess I kind of wanted to do something that would get women to stop and think about where they are now and um, to celebrate that. So Respect the Journey kind of came from that thought. Um, and right now, what we really want to do is engage our community. I want to I highlight our community members. So if you have a really good story to tell, if there's something that you have accomplished in the past year that you want to highlight, um, one of the big things Lynn and I always talk about is uplifting women. So women uplifting other women is a big thing. And I think we're probably going to talk about that a little more later on. But um, I wanted to position ourselves so that we really are women uplifting other women. So if you have a good story to tell, you know, please email me at Megan at Society9.com. Send me a good picture. Send me your story. And, and we'll get it up there with the hashtag. And we'll get that conversation going. And that's Megan with an H. M-E-G-H-A-N. M-E-G-H-A-N. I always forget that that's like... <laughs> a name that you just spell a gazillion different ways. You had to throw an H in there. Thank you, Mama Gab. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, and that actually, it's funny, you know, Megan was talking about something that I think hits home for me and her personally is, you know, we go through the same demons. Like, there are days where we'll both come to the office and I'm like, I feel fat or I feel so out of shape and I'm, you know, beating myself up because I know I have a packed day with meetings or things I need to get done and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to get to go to the gym and then I mentally shame myself some more because I'm like, you shouldn't be eating this, you shouldn't be eating that because you're not going to the gym and I think that's a sentiment that all of us as women and men too. I mean, I've heard men also go through their own uh, self-worth, self-confidence issues, but I think that's something that we all can relate to. And as Megan said, and as our campaign says, it really is about the journey. There are going to be days where you have to dedicate more to other things and, and fitness is just a little facet of that. So we really should be supporting each other in that balance. Um, and speaking of journeys, holy cow, I... I want to know, Megan, you obviously saw the fight with Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm. Obviously. We were, we were sitting next to each other. That's Lynn. right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Did you like eating, that? Speaking of... Um, Did you like that lead-in? Speaking of journeys, we were eating a ginormous plate of nachos while I like, we watched that fight. <laughs> I, can't watch, I can't watch UFC fights without macho nachos. And when I say macho nachos, nobody makes them necessarily. I just... 
I will only go to a bar if they legit have something called giant platter of nachos or Texas size nachos because then otherwise the experience is not filled. To put this in perspective for everyone too, after we speak about respect the journey and, and hiccups. Um, but and self-confidence, self-worth, gaining but, weight. <laughs> but to, to be fair though, I mean, I think that that's where, again, the, that is where like the whole respect the journey comes from is that you should allow yourself the chance like if you worked out or even if you didn't, if you're having a crap day and you need some nachos, if that turns into a regular occurrence, maybe that's when you think about it. But at the end of the day, like enjoy life, enjoy the journey. Um, so we, we really we, enjoyed we the journey. Yeah. We really enjoyed the journey that day. And her <laughs> husband just looked at us kind of in disgust because he weirdly does not like nachos. So whatever. And to put these nachos in perspective for everyone, they came out on a pizza plate platter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like if a pizza place had a giant dish or a giant platter, that's what it came on. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, so watching the fight, obviously it was a big upset, biggest upset in the world. Um, <laughs> I think, it was interesting for you and I and for Dion when you go to bars, you never know who is actually a fan and who's just there to say they were there. And, um, you know, who just wants an excuse to go to a bar and wear a DNB shirt. And, um, so it's, it's tough. And we had the pleasure of sitting in front of about five extremely drunk bros. Um, and you're like, Oh, there's chicks fighting tonight. Sweet. Well, one of them said that, and then one of them was like, no, Ronda Rousey's fighting. But then they thought Joanna was Ronda Rousey, and then they were <laughs> like, wait, how many fights are there? And it, and I just wanted to scream at one point, it's called Google. Google it. Like, just I know. Google it. Seriously, they're all dicking around on their Instagram on their phones. It's like... Um, I think they may have been on Tinder. They kept talking about girls, too. But anyways, <laughs> um, it was very interesting... For me, obviously, the fight is huge, and we could commentate on the technique and what Rana needs to do or what Holly Holmes needs to do. But I'm kind of more interested in the social side of things. This is where I guess the anthropologist in me comes out. And when we were at the bar, I kept I lined up to pay my bill, and this like skinny, nerdy guy is just like. I hate Ronda Rousey. I knew she'd lose. I couldn't wait for this day. Da, 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 blah, blah, blah. And this girl, like even the girl he was with was like, whoa. And my guess is this guy probably really started paying attention a week. <laughs> Maybe he watched one of the like UFC embedded or something like that videos and decided he cared a lot. Um, and it's very interesting to see this happening on a worldwide scale. Yeah, well, I just, I think what I get frustrated about hearing like the, skinny angry dudes who hate Rhonda or whatever or anybody else who quote unquote hates Rhonda or loves Rhonda like my biggest frustration is like media in general it's like you love them when they're up but as soon as they're down like let's beat the shit out of them and like that's how I feel with Rhonda and especially I, I look at her like meteoric rise as a very um interesting case for women's uh, mixed martial arts just because you look at any of the women who have fought on Invicta and then switched over to the UFC or any of the women who have built their name um, through the UFC because they were, you know, they were part of sort of the inaugural class of women fighters, if you will. Um, I mean, you know, you look at Misha Tate, uh, uh, Thug Rose Namajunas, um, Carla Esparza. I mean, any of those guys from bantamweight and strawweight divisions. I mean, all these women have done a lot to have broken through, gotten onto the UFC. And then there's the people from back in the day, Shayna Baszler, Tara LaRosa. I mean, there are so many other women who aren't getting any sort of fanfare, but Rhonda was able to cross through, which is great. But I think my frustration at the bar was 
I laughed at all those people who clearly had no grasp or understanding of how long it's taken for women's MMA to get there. And they're wearing their don't be a DNB, which for those of you guys who don't know, it's, you know, don't be a do nothing bitch, which is like Rhonda's famous quote. Um, you know, they're wearing their shirts or whatever. And then their idol that they've idolized for all of about two weeks has fallen. And now all of a sudden, like the luster is gone. And it's like, if anybody actually knew her journey, knew any of these women's journeys, it's like, they're all identical. That rise and fall experience as a champion or as a winner, the victor. I I was just so irritated. I mean, I was thrilled for Holly Holm just because I was genuinely shocked how many people really underestimated her and said she wasn't experienced enough. And I'm like, Really? I think 40 fights and being undefeated in three weight class divisions in boxing and kickboxing is pretty notable. Um, But it was amazing how many people seriously had no clue who she was, but also said she was not worthy of the championship title. So I don't know. I have a ton of mixed feelings still, even a week after the fight being over. I mean, I I admit I, I thought Holly was not experienced enough in MMA um, and I clearly was wrong. What? Don't look at me Dion like that. Dion just gave her the dirtiest we've already, we've, already, we've already talked about this. And I'm like, I, it's after doing research and everything, I'm like, I'm an idiot. And that's, that's my fault for just, you know, looking at kind of how few fights she's Way had. to be a bandwagoner, know, Megan. Right? Well, she's so basic. So I will. I mean, I do love pumpkin spice. <laughs> Life is too short to act like you don't love pumpkin spice, guys. (laughs) Um, But no, I don't know. I guess um, you just couldn't deny how, like, badass Ronda was in her fights. Um, But that being said, awesome. It's cool to see that depth growing, and it's cool to see that challenge. I I think a lot of people keep saying they, like, don't want to see a rematch. I would love to see a rematch, I think. Rhonda wasn't in the right headspace and I would love to yeah, see her no come kidding. back because you watch her training videos and she clearly knows how to move and she clearly knows how to yeah. box so I I think give it some time I mean I we're not here to talk about technique and all that stuff but right. I mean there's been plenty going around about her coaching support and whatnot so we'll leave it at that but having said that I just I just think it's really funny how people you know obsessed about her and now I know the people who have spoken to me about what we're doing at Society 9 and how they've been pushing us. Oh, like, why don't you have your gloves on Rhonda? It's like, we'll get there. No worries. And then now that she's been the quote unquote loser. Now why don't you contact Holly? Yeah. Now all those same people are like, why aren't you contacting Holly? It's like, I don't know. It's. I just, I can't tell you how much I've eye-rolled since that fight. Um, But a side note, for anybody who uh, was interested about what happened with that fight on the betting side, which I wish I had bet on Holly Holm because Vegas shut down for a solid hour and a half uh, because the Bellagio didn't have enough cash on hand to pay out all the people who bet on Holly Holm. And I could have easily funded Society 9 single-handedly that was, that, that, was, that was so, very depressing to do the math on that yeah, one on well, Monday, well, guys. It's a 11, <laughs> it was, I think, 11 or 12 to 1 for those of you who are doing the math. So I think it was 12. Yeah. yeah. It was ridiculous. I'm just Which a, is actually crazy. I'm just picturing myself like a Scrooge from Christmas Carol swimming in coins. Oh, man. No, that's, um, that's not Scrooge in Christmas Carol. That's... Oh, what was that called? That Clearly was, uncultured. It was a it was a cartoon in like the nineties. Um, Ducktales. 
Is it? No. I don't know. I just remember oh, some sort of Disney duck character swimming in coins. Yeah. Well, I was that guy. I was picturing myself. Is it DuckTales? Um, DuckTales. Yep. There we go. But, I remember uh, the theme song. DuckTales. Ooh. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I think it's really interesting um, to see where this is going to go. I mean, rematch or not. I just, I really hope that the other fighters in the UFC in both divisions get more chances just because I know that there's such a long lag time for Sean Shelby and the matchmakers at UFC to put more women's fights together. And I know the women are hungry. I also know that their sponsorship dollars are a little weak um, and they can't get more if they don't fight more. So um, let's, let's hope, let's hope for that. Well, and something else too is I think um, that, Hard, hopefully, exposed more people to the straw weights or like the Yeah, Valerie Letourneau. Holy shit! So, like, no one. I feel like no one's really talked about Valerie Letourneau. I mean, like, people talked about Johanna, Wild Striking Beast, blah blah blah. We already knew that, but the woman Valerie lasted five rounds with her, and Johanna cried at the end when she was, you know, declared still the champion. Mm-hmm. And, like, let's be clear, I will bet you she probably cried because for a second she probably was like, fuck, I was going to lose that. There were definitely a couple of times when you could see it in Joanna's eyes. She was like, Yeah, because how many... T- the only thing I was disappointed about was Valerie caught, like, what, 20 kicks from Joanna, and she didn't capitalize on him. But I think that scared the shit out of Joanna. Yeah. That's why she cried, because she was like, oh, yeah, I legit thought I was going to lose, potentially. So, yeah, I know. I agree. Um and I'm, I'm just hoping that this does show people that there are more people than Ronda. I mean, have a new champion in the bantamweight. Um, all these people that were there to watch Ronda are now hopefully going to come back for these other women. Yeah. I mean, it was funny. The bros behind us, again, back to the bros, the whole time that Joanna and Val were fighting, they kept saying, oh, my God, this is so boring. Duh. They were so bored. And for, I think, us three, we were just enamored with that fight. I love that fight. That was like your classic, just like slugfest, duke it out. That's the kind of stuff you want to see. Is and her eyeball shit. I know. I don't know how she because she looks like that after most of her fights. Yeah, like she takes she a bruises beating. Easy, yeah. Um. Well, but I think that also shows that how powerful Joanna is because oh yeah, it, it happened real quick. She did the mm. same thing to Carla Esparza's yeah. face. I mean, yeah. her face was totally battered too. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just hope. My biggest thing is like, I, I think it's people who say that Ronda was a fluke. That's the other thing that pisses me off. Like the people in the media who are saying like Ronda's rise to being a champion, or oh. being the greatest, being the greatest in women's MMA or whatever. It's like she's only ever been challenged by people that aren't that good. Which is like so. It's like okay, sure partially true because I think some of the women in the bantamweight division yes do not have Olympic level training and even with Sarah McMahon I mean Rhonda had a really quality technical liver shot so she won that one okay Mm -hmm. but still generally speaking I mean I think the fact that people were saying that this could be a fluke on her championship or her her role as a champion is complete garbage because I think anybody who has ever trained with Ronda or has even remotely watched her videos, I mean, you give her a no offense uh, to our coaching staff, but you improve her at a place like Jackson Winkle John, King's MMA with Rafael Cordero. I mean, you give her any new team in the striking arena and she's going to tear the house down. That's pretty much like the reason why I want to see a rematch because then I truly think that there could be a really, really good 
equal match in terms of skill. Um, so that's, that's my take on it. I just want to see a rematch. Yeah. I don't really care. Who's, I'm sure who's Dana White her. wants to see the rematch too. <laughs> when she's ready. Yeah. I have, I have a feeling she has a few demons to exhume before. Shout out to Rhonda, man. Like, seriously, people who hate on her because she got all this celebrity. It's like, no one's hating on Conor McGregor. Like, this is part of the game. I wish people would, like, realize that the reason why they're getting great payouts from their pay-per-view buys is because they're selling the shit out of these fights. Um, I watched this really interesting video, um, and I've talked to Dion, and I think I sent it to you. It was a video called um, Ronda Rousey, The Antagonist, and it was a really interesting video where someone was interviewing her, and she was speaking about how she grew up watching uh, wrestling, right? right? Professional WWE. wrestling. I think anyone who knows her knows that she's a huge fan of that. And she basically said, you know, I grew up knowing and seeing all these characters that they rose to fame because they were antagonistic and they made a name for themselves by kind of being the villain and, and poking people. And she said up until that time in women's MMA or women's fighting in general, no one was willing to step forward and be that person. You had everybody who was trying to say, I'm a fighter, but I'm cute too. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't this really powerful character. So she, she said like, I consciously knew what I was doing and I, I made the choice to be that antagonist and to, to get ourselves out there. And by doing that, she cleared a path for all the other women to follow her up to the UFC. To either be the heel too, or right. be the, and it's, you know. and, and it's interesting too, because I feel like you see a lot of women trying to do that, but they, she definitely like has Beche? taken, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> right. So I think Yikes. it's interesting. You, you see women trying to do it too, but she, she's got a, you and I talk a little bit about like, you know, media inconsistencies and stuff, but she, she does a good job of being kind of crazy bitch when she needs to you and know what, being though, an awesome. After, like, after I said that to you about like her media inconsistencies, I also realized though, you know what I appreciate about her media inconsistencies? What that means is on a day where she's feeling fucking polished, she'll sound like a wonderful Hollywood PR yeah. scrubbed, whatever. And on days where she's like, I'm tired and I'm pissed because all I've had to eat today was probably a couple of carrots and some nuts because yeah. I'm cutting weight and training for this camp and talking to 20 different journalists or whatever. So I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want. Like, yeah, I would probably be uneven yeah, and too. I, and like, I like, I like that. So I think like <laughs> one of the other observations I've had about all this media attention to women's MMA, cause Oh my gosh, like the great one has fallen or whatever bullshit they want to come up with um, is the fact that even with Holly Holm, I've been watching her, you know, interviews on good morning America and uh, live with Kelly and Michael. Um, and it's so interesting to see how people still look at women's MMA or women's combat sports as a sideshow. Yeah. Like yeah. the way they talk to Holly or even Rhonda. Cause I watched her interviews too. It's like, it's such a, um, to the interviewer, it's such a spectacle to them. Like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh, like Larry King. What was the shit that Larry King said that I just wanted to vomit? I can actually, I, I wish this was a video recorded podcast because I can do his facial too. He literally puts his hand on his face. Like an Ann Gettys baby. And like <laughs> goes dreamy eyed and looks at Holly and says, Holly, you're so beautiful. Dot, dot, dot. Why would you want to do this? Insert eye roll there. I mean, <laughs> seriously. And even Holly was like, who 
asks that question he, now. In her, in her beautiful, poised, like, <laughs> preacher's daughter way, just looked at him in her polite manner. It was just like, you know, I love what I this do. This is my passion. This and- is my passion. When really, she was probably like, the fuck, dude? <laughs> I'm a grown-ass woman. I will do what I please. I think that would have been the Ronda Rousey answer, maybe. But probably. <laughs> maybe. Um, but, man, God, that was painful. Well, yeah, and just... It is very interesting to see. I feel like they do always talk about, um, like, in the Holly interviews that I've watched. I haven't, you know, sat down and watched them all, but the few I have, there's always a, like, conversation about her physicality. I oh, I don't know. Give me your arms, Holly. Like, Kelly yeah. Ripa kept saying that, like, can I trade my whole body for your arms? But to be fair, she's, uh, Kelly is, like, an obsessive, um, she, like, loves to work out and stuff, so I'll give her that. She probably, like, genuinely does want ripped arms. Yeah. <laughs> she's not saying it in a in a mean way, I'm going to say, but... I I think that that was probably meant as a compliment. I hope. Yeah, I know. I just, I eye roll at, you know, mainstream media trying to understand women's MMA because I, I genuinely think that these people still think it's like WWE. Like I, not that it's fake, but it's like, I almost think that they think that it's a, there's a story and there's characters and costumes and it's like, no, (laughs) but it's so huge to even see it on these mainstream things. So, you know, they're fumbling, but they're doing it. I was just watching a video today and I didn't know this, but I guess only 1.6% of all sports coverage is women's. So the fact that we're seeing the fact that we're seeing Holly Holmes making the rounds is is not only huge for women's MMA, but it's huge for women in general to see. So, yeah, uh, you know, as much as we're eye rolling and crazy statistic, I didn't know that it's that's like so that is so pathetic, especially considering that technically because of Title IX, women's sports should be pretty even, at least on the NCAA level yeah so and I you know I I am a product of the NCAA and I got a college education because of title nine so in many ways I'm thankful for it but um it's it's very interesting to know that there's a lot of inequality in the equality I guess you could say coverage well you know because there's at the end of the day they're still going to talk about you know how cute was Rhonda's outfit on the interview how cute was Serena Williams outfit on the tonight show like they're not Oh, and she made out with Drake. Oh, my God. You know, one's going to talk. I mean, we're guilty of it, too. True. (laughs) Not going to lie. I was a little stoked about that as a Drake and Serena fan. Having said that, um, it's really unfortunate, though, that that's that's the importance of what, you know, these powerful women have done in sports is the equivalency to what they chose to wear. I mean, there was literally a video in the video I was watching that had that statistic on it. Um, and it was, it was not Serena, but it was another tennis player. Sorry, everyone. You're probably screaming at me because I just don't watch tennis as much as I used to. Um, but it was this like beautiful girl. She just won a major tennis tournament. And literally the first thing the reporter says is give us a twirl and tell us about your outfit. I'm oh not even God. kidding you. And and she literally, I, you can see, like, she had just been handed the, like, the cup. So she had just been awarded this. And instead of saying, like, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. You know, what did you think about that match or something like that? They're like, give right. us a twirl and tell us about your outfit. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? Um, it reminds me of the post that we put on Twitter. Do you remember um, the one with... Uh, with Ronda Rousey in her press photo where she was called out for being a, looking like a heavyweight oh, or whatever. Yes. Oh my God. I was so flaming pissed about this headline. It literally said, 
quote, not sure how Ronda Rousey's making weight for her fight because she looks like a heavyweight. Okay, first of all, if they were trying to simply talk about like the amount of weight she literally has to cut in just a matter of days for her fight, why did you have to call her a heavyweight? There's not even a heavyweight division for women in general, UFC or not. It'd be one thing if it said because she looks like she's about to fight, you know, 145. That would be that would be a different story. But they specifically chose the word heavyweight and this image where, yeah, like her arms look muscular and huge. And to be quite honest, as a Ronda fan, yeah, in this photo, she looks like larger compared to her past well, photos. But the way that they frame it, it's, I mean, they're basically fat shaming her and saying, how are you going to make this weight? Well, and if you read, uh, I mean, we read the whole article. It doesn't get any better. <laughs> yeah, that was the worst part. I was like, okay, maybe poor word choice in the headlight. Nope, the entire thing literally talked about how, how she looked, like physically yeah. looked that day. And not from a nutritional standpoint, not, not from any sort of reputable, considerate standpoint. It was literally just judging her. Well, and, and it also... It wasn't because you get articles that are written about male. Like, so fighting is a weight weighted sport, right? So you'll get articles that are about men that say similar things, but there is definitely there's this like imaginary line in verbiage that you cross when you go from talking about someone's like athleticism and build, and it looks like maybe they hit the weights more this camp, right? Exactly. And there was maybe some, more strength and conditioning, whatever. That's different. But this was this article in particular was very blatant, like. Rhonda's looking a little pudgy. Da, 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 da. I think has she, she looks- been stressed out lately, which she probably has. But so what? Like yeah. again, it wasn't coming from any sort of concern over her nut- nutrition or or diet for the camp. It was literally just talking about how huge she was, and I I got so mad at that because I mean women already have to fight so hard to literally make the weight and even go to fight, but let alone attack a woman for her appearance amidst all the other shit she has to go through in prepping for this. The, the biggest pay-per-view, right? Wasn't it like the biggest? One of the biggest? Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's just a, that's a great, obviously it's going to happen to higher profile people, but that's a great example of, I think what all female athletes and all women who take themselves seriously as an athlete, even if you are just going to CrossFit every day. Um, I can't tell you the number of times when I'm seriously working out and I'm probably 20 pounds lighter than I am now, but I have muscle on me and I swear to God, I get more comments on my body when I'm thinner and more muscular than I do the way I am now, which is probably only working out like four or five times a week and taking it easy. So when I get serious, I get more negative I feel like it's, yeah. it's really interesting. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, I remember um, we have a blog series called Storytellers, and it, it basically is an opportunity for women in our community to share their stories, what they fight for in life and in sport. I had um, a friend of mine, Kristen Corvell, shout out, hope you're listening. Um, Kristen wrote an amazing blog, Uh, story or her story about like her own fitness journey and how she went to the doctor. I mean, and keep in mind, she's an active CrossFitter. She does a gajillion half marathons. I swear to God, that girl, that's like all of her Facebook photos is her CrossFit community or half marathoning for uh, a couple of nonprofits that she uh, volunteers for. And her doctor told her that medically she is technically obese. And she's like, how? She works out anywhere between four to six times a week. She enjoys a glass of wine just like any normal human being does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's a bigger build, like physically and height-wise, weight-wise, whatever. But the makeup of her inside and outside, I mean, does not speak to somebody who is obese. So it... 
it's really unfortunate that even the medical community doesn't have some sort of fair distinguishing uh, terminology or clarification as to what it means to truly be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I, I think I was obese when I was training for the Olympics. And then again, I was thinner than I am now. So I'm probably like more, <laughs> I'm probably on like morbidly obese now just compared. So um, it's very interesting. Just not only are women getting pressure to fit into the you know, what their body type should look like for their sport. You know, what does a, what does a bantamweight look like? You need to look like a bantamweight, but you also have to fit into the societal norms of what is beautiful. And that's, that alone is hard. And then you do have all these like totally skewed, unrealistic, like medical things. There's just so many different pressures on women when they're trying to define what they see in themselves. So it's a struggle. And it's the holiday season coming up soon. So I think for, for Megan and I, I think the biggest thing that we want to encourage you guys, our listeners, our newbie listeners, um, is to just enjoy your holiday season. Like, don't shame yourselves because you didn't go to two-a-days right before you slam that turkey. Just think of it this way. We'll be slamming that turkey with you in solidarity, and we're going to say, fuck it, and we're going <laughs> to enjoy ourselves. And you hit the gym when you can fit it in, but most importantly, you should be spending that time with your family and your friends. So... Thanks for joining us today. Mic drop. Yeah. Bye. Bye.